Hello and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune in to any and all of my podcast episodes. So, I feel like I should have done an episode on this much sooner, to be completely honest. However, it seems like a good time to do one now. And um, the only reason I say I probably should have done it sooner is because in the sequence of therapy, the therapeutic process, if you will, the most important thing that one should have before anything thing else is insight into one's own behaviors, into one's own feelings, into one's own thoughts. Self-awareness. And you'd be surprised how many people don't have this. And a lot of people don't have it because they're not capable. But more often, it's because they are not willing to tap into the part of themselves that allows themselves to see themselves for who they really are. Who are you? And not just on the surface. Who are you? What makes you angry? What sets you off? What makes you sad? What makes you happy? But beyond all of that, why? Why do those things make you happy? Why do those things make you sad? Why do those things make you angry? Why do those things set you off? It doesn't get deep enough with just the what, you need the why. So why? Why are you the way you are? What shaped you? The only way to heal is to really see yourself. And I remember my best friend, she passed away and I've referenced her in the episodes uh, before, I'm not certain on which one, I think probably on the school bullying one or just any episode in general because she was just such a big part of my life for over 21 years. Um, But she said to me, you need to be honest with yourself about who you are. It doesn't matter if you're honest with other people about it. You don't have to be, but you need to be honest with yourself. And I thought that was great feedback. But if she were here right now, I would tell her that I have absolutely taken it a step further. I'm not only honest with myself, I'm honest across the board as it relates to who I am, as it relates to my journey, 
I am very open. I am very vulnerable. And I feel okay with that because I know that I need to be a model for my clients. I need to lead by example. I can't expect them to do the internal work. I can't expect them to go through the therapeutic process if they are not seeing me go through it myself. Period. It's it's beyond practicing what you preach. It's so much more than that. And um, self-awareness is important because that is the only way that you can even remotely achieve change. If you have a behavior or a tendency that you want to change, but you don't know why that's happening... it's going to remain the same. The why will help you change it. It doesn't guarantee that you'll change it. It doesn't guarantee, but you will be more likely to see results when you are introspective and you go through periods of deep self-reflection. I've literally had to say things out loud that made me feel uncomfortable to say out loud, made me feel uncomfortable to admit, but then I realized with self-reflection also comes self-compassion. Be compassionate with yourself for any mistakes you've made along the way. Forgive yourself. I'm in that process now. And so developing insight, developing self-awareness is important. You need to really look at your whole life. Look at the big picture, particularly the first 10 years of your life. What were they like? Did you have healthy connections with your caregivers and the people around you that were Um, around you most frequently? Did you have healthy connections? Healthy bonds? Good conversations? Good communication? On a consistent basis? Did you have these things? Or did you have a negative relationship with your caregivers and the people around you? Toxic relationship with poor communication? Look at your life from the very beginning, from as far back as you can possibly remember. You'll find your answers. And perhaps you won't have the, uh, the clinical terminology to define all of it because not every single one of you listening to me is a therapist and that's okay. That's okay. But then you take that information and you either make sense of it in your own way, in your own words, Or if you feel the need, you see a therapist and they will help you make sense of it. 
They will guide you in that process. So now this is where I get real with all of you. Um, Being in therapy has helped me a lot. And just also the fact that I've always been a very deep person, um, a very curious person. I, I am very interested in the way that the human mind works. I am very interested in the way that people respond to certain life events in nature versus nurture um, and all of that. And so I've always been one to reflect. I kept a journal every single day since I was nine years old up until I was about, what, 16, 17? I started to keep one as an adult, but it wasn't as consistent um, as it was when I was in my formative years. Um, but... I have learned a lot about myself, my habits, my patterns, the people and the things that I tend to attract into my life. Um, more recently with my therapist, he, he essentially reflected back to me something that I was saying and he said, it sounds like you have a history of these kind of relationships. This isn't just this person. This is a whole history. This is a whole lifetime of these kind of relationships. Allow me to elaborate. What do I mean by that? I had a very tumultuous childhood. Feel free to reference my uh, childhood episodes. I do discuss it in more detail, but I had a tumultuous childhood. Um, Tumultuous, that word is so interesting to me. Um, And again, this is no shade against my parents, who I know that I know that I know did the best they could within their limitations. And generational trauma is a real thing. And my dad went through some awful, awful things as a child and never got help for it because during those times, that was frowned upon. So I understand all of that now as an adult, but unfortunately, as a child, I was just confused about why my father was angry all of the time and why my mother just placated to him and didn't really question him she didn't assert herself she didn't really say like that his feelings made no sense you know she didn't really question it she just sort of went with it and as I got older I started to see her I guess fight back for lack of terminology more and more but I have recollections of her just saying like you just have to agree with him because he's crazy and if you challenge him he will not be able to handle it um you just have to agree or as I've reflected before she would have me apologize for something I didn't even do just to get him to 
um, sorry, gotta take a breather when I talk about this once in a while, just to get him to, I guess, stop whatever it is that he was doing, um, And so at an early age, I learned that there was no room for my feelings. Um, I can't tell you all the times that my dad would make me cry growing up, say horrible, vicious things to me out of nowhere. And then when I would start crying, he would threaten to call the cops on me because I was crying. There has never been a lot of room for my feelings in general, but growing up more specifically. And so I learned at an early age how to survive and how to thrive in those relationships. Um, Because hell yeah, I did thrive in spite of it. Um, And again, I love my parents and they have wonderful qualities, but these were some things that were very damaging to me and so as a result of that I tend to attract into my life people that are either very angry very temperamental very broken very dark very needy, very depressed. Um, Or people that are just very... I'm looking for a word here. Um, They're very limited emotionally. They're not very self-aware. They're not very empathetic. They're not very sympathetic. They're not very uh, conscientious. They're not very caring about other people's feelings and emotions. They see the world through their own lenses only. And those are the people that I tend to attract. Whereas me, I'm the type of person that I see the world through everyone else's eyes. And I'm very much an empath. I am very much the kind of person that wants to help and heal. And so I attract people that need healing And these people are basically so broken that they're just like, essentially, here, Oli, take my problems. You really want to work on these for me. I can tell. Take them off my hands. And of course, willing Oli will be like, oh my gosh, let me take them. I will carry them for you. And so I've learned that that is the very definition of codependency. And we had an episode about that, but that is something that I am going to go into more later on Um, in in another episode. I just really want to go more in depth there, um, especially as it relates to drug use and alcoholism and all that. But... That is the very definition of being enmeshed, which is not good. 
and so it's to the point where it's so bad that when my friends who are not like that or the people in my life uh, in general um, who are not like that do something nice for me I don't even know how to act when one of my friends listens to my problems, I'll thank her like 82 times. And she'll literally check me and be like, one thank you is enough. You don't need to thank me this many times for listening to you. This is what friends do. This is normal. And I'm grateful for that because I need to be checked. Because what is normal and what is not normal as much as I rationally and logically know that, it's skewed because of childhood experiences and a history of trauma. It's skewed. And so it's good for me to have a friend say to me, hey, this is normal. I'm grateful for that. And so I've taken a lot of time to make a lot of connections between my past and my present. To make sure that I really understand myself. And I know that I still have a lot left to learn. But I do feel like I have a pretty good idea who I am. And that there's really not much that anybody could say to me that would catch me off guard about myself. Olivia, you're passive aggressive sometimes. I know. I've gotten a lot better though. To be completely honest, I don't remember the last time that I was passive aggressive which is a good thing um also a learned behavior from my environment um that ding you guys heard was actually my computer which is right next to my phone and so I apologize about that but in any case um you can tell me Olivia um you overcompensate sometimes. Olivia, you have low self-esteem. Like, whatever it is that you want to say or check me with, for the most part, I can handle it because I've done the work. I remember someone told me once, oh, um, the fact that you post so many pictures on Facebook or Instagram that are very sexy, that are of your breasts, you know, obviously not of my breasts, but cleavage, you know, looking sexy or whatever, you're doing that because you feel self-conscious and you need validation from people that you are attractive. And I was like, that's absolutely right. I didn't even fight the person. I was like, that's absolutely right. That is the truth. I owned it. I owned my stuff. And that's part of being self-aware is to own your stuff, to own it, the good, the bad, the ugly, own it. Quoting Jeannie Mai right now, own you before they do. If you own your stuff, nobody can use anything against you. Period. And so with that being said, I hope this episode was rather insightful. No pun intended. And I hope that everyone is staying safe 
and healthy under the circumstances that we are all currently in. And I will catch you next time. I will be bringing on some very special guests very, very soon. Um, Because I know y'all must be tired of hearing just me. Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully not. But either way, I love having uh, varying perspectives. So I will be bringing people on. And um, I have figured out a way to do it remotely so everyone can stay safe, which is great. So I will catch you guys soon. Take care.